Welcome everyone. We're about to begin by Esses Hashem, BPJ number 27. That's Bais Panimi, um, joint group from men and women both, Shear number 27. We're going to start today a series of practical exercises based on a great book called Eight Dates by John Gottman and his wife, Julie Schwartz Gottman, together with two other um, professionals. And in this particular book, it discusses the conversations and connections in eight specific dates, eight specific ways of communication and what to communicate to improve marriages. It's good for people who have not yet been married or they're ready to be married to know what they need to talk about and also in the early stages of married and no matter how long you're married. And to explain this, we're going to go through it and we're going to practice, use practice lessons about it. And by doing so, your marriage can thrive. Every great marriage, really what it is, is a never-ending conversation. Whether you're talkative, whether you're quiet, it makes no difference. The bottom line is, is that the words that communicate between the two of you, between a husband and a wife as well as the expressions, as well as the gestures that accompanies the words you're saying, that will define and determine your relationship and your marriage. Yes, we know that hamaisa hua ikar, you have to do actions, you have to be loyal, bepoil, you have to do good deeds and giving of each other in a, in a tangible way. But especially in marriage, what cannot be um, overlooked is the extreme importance of healthy communication through speech and your gestures. When people have good marriages and you see from the outside someone seems to have a beautiful marriage, it's not a fairy tale. It did not come on its own. It takes a lot of vulnerability and it takes a lot of effort. And the schar you get for being vulnerable and being effort, uh, have, putting in that effort is that you will love your husband and wife on your 50th anniversary as you did from early on, and that love can stay forever, and the physical intimacy aspects also can thrive, no matter how old you are, like we explained and will continue to explain. It's not random. A success and failure of a marriage is not random. One needs to know this. We are not Navi, and people always ask, and we go through this so many times in the Shiurim, where there's bumps in the road and you say, ah, this is not my zivik, or maybe I forgot and missed my zivik, and all these type of things. And the bottom line of all of this is, we are not Navi and we don't know. But what happens very often is, is something, someone could technically be your zivik that is supposed to be a zivik and you marry that person, but if you behave in certain ways, because of your bechira, you behaved in the wrong way, you could lose your true zivik. You could have a terrible marriage even with your true zivig and end up with a divorce even with your true zivig. And then the reverse is also true. Even if, quote-unquote, technically it was not your zivig and you married that person, but with the right bechira, by working on your midas, by working through things, you can thrive in that relationship. So on a practical level, it's, irre- it's irrelevant. Of course, a person really needs to inculcate in their life that this is because Hashem made it this way, that this is my zivik, and I'm going to work through it. The sad part is in the United States, more than a half of all marriages end in divorce. Um, in second marriages, divorce raises, rates rise to about 65%. Third marriages, it rises to 75% divorce, which is bad odds. In our community, it's not as high, 
in the Jewish from community, but it is a lot higher than it should be. But the idea is, though, is that the expectation for marriage and the connection between a husband and wife, it's not a coin toss. It's not a chance. It's not a mikra. The success or failure of marriages depend on us, on our own free choices, on the skills we develop. And we, we, we know based on observing, and these people, God, the Gottmans, like we're going to explain, they did research, actual scientific research of couples, to know by observing them what causes the most struggles, what separates the, the, the successes of marriage to the disasters of marriage, and they culled it down to eight essential conversations that is the best to have that would create the best chance of creating that happy, thriving marriage. And all of this is pretty much very clear Torah-based, and as we're going to demonstrate, Be'ezus Hashem. Successful long-term relationships or successful long-term marriage between a husband and a wife is created through small words, through small gestures, through small acts, the day-to-day, every single day, you're creating, when you're together, a lifetime of love by taking it step by step every day, putting in that positive work, that inner work, little by little, day in and day out. Getting to know your husband or wife doesn't end the minute that you start sharing your life together. It never ends. You can spend a lifetime being curious about the inner world of your husband, about the inner world of your wife. And in order to do this, you need to be brave enough to share your own inner world with your husband and with your wife. And you'll never be done discovering all the things that, are knowing, that you know about each other. It can be very exciting. People make this wrong assumption that because they're married for someone for 10, 20, 30 years, I know them like a book, and there's nothing else to learn about them, and it's usually the furthest from the truth. It's exciting to learn one from one another. It is daunting it takes work and it takes effort and it's very important though to invest that time and energy doesn't mean that the relationships will be perfect sometimes they'll be fighting sometimes you know midas kick in with the stress and we can be sometimes rude or insensitive at times we don't have to be perfect but we could practice that is the key we need to practice working on ourselves to express our love to learn how to properly receive the love from our husband and wife. It's more of an action, even more than a feeling. You need to attention. Intention means to attend, intent, kavana, attention, which means to listen, to pay attention. And then what they're going to talk about, which is attunement, which we're going to discuss as we go along. It is very simple. You make dedicated, non-negotiable time for each other as a priority. You never stop being curious about your husband or your wife. Never assume that you know who they are today just because you went to bed with them the night before. You never stop asking questions, the right kind of questions. Not yes or no's, but open-ended questions. What are open-ended questions? They're invitations that, are not, that, that will get the other person to answer, not just in one or two words, yes, no, maybe. But rather, these conversations open up, these questions open up where there's an intimacy there to let your partner, these questions allow your husband or wife to share what's really going on in their mind and in their heart. These conversations will let you understand why your husband or wife believes what they believe, why they do what they do, 
and what they are. These open-ended questions that we're going to talk about, about these in these eight dates, lead to conversations that will make you fall in love again, that will make you commit further to that deep, long-term commitment to this particular person that you married. You, you, these questions and the answers and the back and forth will keep you in love with, this, with your husband and with your wife who you true chose to live and spend your whole life with. And in this, these, this particular book, which we're going to elaborate here, is going to explain how these conversations lead to intimacy, to awareness, to a deeper meaning and understanding of one another in, in ways, some ways will be similar, some ways will be very different. And it'll allow you to become a master at being an ideal husband and wife. They organized in this book which we're going to elaborate eight topics. That's why they call this book Eight Dates. It's going to talk about trust, commitment, conflict, the sexual, physical, intimate aspects of marriage, money, family, the idea of fun, which is not a light thing. Again, the, the fun part of... It's fun to be a yid. And there's a chryas, but that's not a small thing either. We're going to go into that. And growth and spirituality... Dreams, meaning your aspirations. And they structure these eight dates and step-by-step exercises, open-ended questions to ask each other in each dates. And if you use this, I'm going to put it in here to a point where you actually could practice these things and this can actually tremendously help you grow. And once you get the use to doing this, you'd want to... Stay, you know, live till 95, 100, and still and, and, and thrive on this connection that you have with your husband and wife. On and on, it'll never stop, and the cheshuk will get stronger, and the hasipak nefesh will get stronger. And you won't want to stop talking with each other. You won't want to stop learning and growing. And that's very important. Decades of research show, based on what they did, that the greatest relationships, especially in marriage, are built on respect on empathy, and a profound understanding of one another. A relationship will not last without talk. Even those people who are strong and silent types, or they're very introverted, they have to somehow go past that nature, and they need to talk, they need to express. And the this book, and the shiurim we're going to give on this book, will help you create that framework. For those eight conversations, we'll bring it also, because these, this is not a Torah book, we'll bring it in to Benageya, the Ruchni Yistike and Yonim, in Tyra and so on and so forth, and in, in, in our from culture, how to go about doing it. And these eight conversations that you and your husband together, you and your wife together, will talk about, will help you commit to each other, to strengthen that commitment. What's important to know is that happily ever after is doesn't mean there's no challenges or conflicts. There can't be a relationship where there's no conflict. That's just the way it is. The idea that Mila though is is the goal is when you love your partner, you love each other deeply, you grow from whatever bumps in the road that you did have and from the challenges and conflicts that you did have, and you thrive. The good news about what we're going to do is it's never too early and it's never too late. If you're a chassan kala age, it's wonderful to, 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 to listen to these shiurim going forward. 
And if you are married for a very short period of time, even the Shana Rishayna, also beautiful. If you're married a few years, beautiful. If you're married, no matter how many years, it's never too early, never too late. And, and, and even if 20, 30 years passed by, this wasn't happening. You start now. It's, it's a tremendous thing. The problem is, again, in our door, and it's, 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 we're just not trained. Most couples don't get any training in relationship. Even in the Midas and the Hadracha, they don't get the Hadracha. They don't learn how to communicate with one another until they're forced to go into therapy. And usually by then it's like, you know, it's, it's not such a great matzif. But if you're willing, and, and, and really, I feel very strongly about this. And I spoke to some college teachers and some people who advise on this. I truly believe that from ninth grade on, from a sifta grade on for sure, maybe earlier, but from ninth grade on, they should ready have education to boys and girls of that age, even 13, 14 years old, on concepts of Shalom Bayis going all through high school, through base medrash or seminary years. Now, that doesn't mean they talk about the physical, marital, sexual aspects of it until a lot later, other than some basic knowledge between boys and girls and so on and so forth. But yes, certain things you wait until you're closer to married before discussing. But there's so many things about the dynamic of marriage in midas, in temperament, in working with each other. There can be discussions simply by having to weighing and balancing the kibbutz of aim when they saw boys and girls of that age from ninth grade onward saw that their parents' marriage was or is not ideal where they come from divorced families or so, whatever it is, where they where they can learn at the same time of having kibbutz of the aim, but to understand the dynamics that made it not work or causing stress and how to avoid it and to give them encouragement to realize that they could build, they could they could reverse some trends and in their own lives, in their own marriage, they have they can be empowered by the right communication, that even if their mother and father did not treat each other well, they could treat their own husband or wife well. Even if, and, and whatever it is, and I think it's very important, especially in the, the Sifta high school years, going into seminary years or base medrash years, where this can be an ongoing program to teach them concepts to be ready to marry emotionally to understand it emotionally. And because a lot of it is simply tikkun hamidis anyway. Learning about these things, even in ninth, 10th, 11th grade, even though marriage is only a, is still a few years ahead, will help a person in all interpersonal relationships. And when it comes to communicating in marriage, they'll learn it. And then, of course, when you're a chasen and kala, to have the right, proper education as a chasen and kala. And the third thing, which is extremely important, which I don't think is happening, is to have specific programs on the physical, sexual, intimate, marital relation between a husband and wife that about, let's say, three to six week, months, week, uh, months, three to six months after marriage, this stuff, this stuff of the, 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 the marital intimacy, you can't go into too much detail as a chasen and kala. But once they're married between three and six months, then they should come back in, get shiurim from, for men to educate men, for women to educate women, people that are experts in the sexual realm, in the intimate realm, and to give shiurim and tips in the most clear-cut, graphic, basic way for couples to understand 
the differences between men and women pertaining to it, and to be totally open and get all the information they need. This could save marriages. This could save lives. So again, there's a three-tier thing. Early education on some level, from ninth grade onward, Chassan and Kala teaching in the best possible way, which Chassan and Kala teaching has been going on, but to perfect it. And then three to six months after marriage, to go back and to get a real courses on actual marital intimacy in, 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 in the most deepest, graphic, clear-cut, vulnerable way that will help couples guide them to connect with each other this way. So the idea, again, going back, is that couples, when they, um, they need to know this, that life takes a toll on, on, on their relationship, whether they're oil haparnasa that they have, the children, all the other crises that could pull away from each other. They could pull them from each other. And the idea behind these eight dates, and the shiurim we're going to talk about it, these eight dates, is to increase and grow in that commitment to deeply listen to one another and to come back together, no matter what's going on in their life. We talked about it before, that infatuation that there may have been, or the chemistry that may have been, or the romantic attraction that may have been. Those are important things maybe to get two people together, creates a spark, creates maybe a haschala of some sort, but there's zero determining factor on how marriages will or won't succeed based on simply chemistry or infatuation. It does not work that way. What really predicts whether marriages will work or not is that once two people, no matter what, whether it was infatuation or not, chemistry or not, or, or, or a great degree of quote-unquote romance or not, the way they interact with each other, that will predict how their relationship will work out. And with this offering of these eight guided conversations, this creates the idea and connects. And they did this, this got them, what they did was amazing. They got couples to volunteer, to go on dates. They agreed to record their most intimate, vulnerable conversations. They upload the recordings in a secure site that the only ones that knew who they were was John Gottman and some of his staff, kept anonymous completely. And they give Akar Satayf to these couples because these couples are brave and vulnerable and they, they are grateful. They would not be able to do this, this reach search without the couples agreeing to do this, to allow their vulnerable parts of themselves to be open, at least to those few. But they kept it anonymous from everyone else. And they had all range and that created this tremendous um, wealth of information on what marriage is, how they work, and the success and how they go about it. It's not always going to be easy, these eight dates. It's not simple. Staying in love or getting in love and then staying in love takes a a great amount of being vulnerable, which is not always comfortable. People have trouble talking about physical intimacy. People have trouble talking about spirituality. People have trouble talking about money. People are worried sometimes if we talk about these things, will it lead to a fight? What if we don't understand each other's view? What happens if we have doubts about these interests? All of these doubts, by the way, and nervousness is okay. But when you learn how to have these open-ended conversations, really listen to each other's answers, you could grow and you could come, you could go beyond whatever you're worrying about. Because if you avoid, try to avoid conflict now and bury things under the rug, you'll have more conflicts later. These conversations open up where you could understand and accept each other. 
Of course, we all have some core values that we will share. But the key to know also, people don't, they know this, but they don't really internalize it, is that the differences between a husband and wife, that is the norm. That differences is what's going to enrich the relationship if you understand those differences and you accept those differences, not your similarities. So what creates, quote-unquote, these clashes because of your differences, that is where the beauty of the marriage and the deep connection of the marriage will thrive. And it's very important to, to, uh, to and what John asked, basically, John Gottman, these questions, how do they stay in touch with each other on a daily basis, which is very important. What are the routines for staying in emotional contact with one another? And through these discussions, they monitored the person, people's tone of voice, their words, their gestures. And then John asked these couples to discuss their current conflicts. And it came to a point where they were 94% accurate on whether a couple will stay married or divorced. Now, it's a funny joke. We say after the results were published, all of a sudden this John and his wife received a lot of few invitations to dinner from other married couples because they were intimidated by that. But he was able to predict this. He was able to predict marriages that would be happy and those that would be unhappy. Now, again, that doesn't mean that it's a fortune-telling thing. Like John Gottman himself describes, even if I, let's say, predict with 94% accuracy that this marriage, based on the way they're behaving, will not work, but if they choose, if he tells them this, and they choose to correct their behaviors, then it will work then they won't be in that 94 percentile anymore because their behaviors themselves will change. And that's the idea behind it. Couples are most likely to have happy marriages if there is a fondness, if there's an affection, and if there's an admiration towards one another, verbally and non-verbally. Positive warmth, humor, emphasizing the good times, complimenting each other. Another aspect of a successful marriage is when they emphasize the teamwork, the we-ness, the we versus the you or the I. Also expansive. They describe their past vividly, not vaguely. They're positive and energetic when they talk about their relationship. And also they glorify the struggles. While they're in a struggle, it's very hard to talk about it. But very often healthy couples, after they went through a hurdle, they went through a bump in the road, they look back. They take pride in the fact that they survived those difficult times in their marriage. They take pride in their fact that even though it seemed hopeless, we went through it and we pulled through and we got closer as a result. And they take pride and they're happy with it. If a couple starts expressing negativity towards each other by cynicism, sarcasm, eye rolling, that signals that there's a negative switch. And it will, unfortunately, that's a prediction that the marriage will decline over time. If you're always expressing disappointment, disillusionment, and so on, and they have a negative effect. The way to combat this is to create and muster those, these eight conversations to create positive switches about how couples can now interpret the negative events and into positive ways to maximize the positive, to minimize the, 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 the negative in their relationship with one another. So all this is very, very important. So to sum up, we're going to talk about this in detail, these eight conversations. And one needs to understand that the quality of our marriages, more than any other factor, determines our physical health, 
our resistance to disease and longevity. Happy marriages reduce depression, reduce anxiety disorders, reduce the risk of addiction, reduces antisocial behavior, reduces incidence of suicide. In addition, many studies have shown that ongoing unhappy relationships in marriage can lead to emotional problems in their own, the well-being of their own children and themselves. And so clearly your relationship between your, your husband and your wife matters in your lives in a very, very personal way and in your children's lives and in the overall um, you know, community as a whole. So this is the tachlis and the aside of what we're going to do over here. We're going to go through these eight conversations. We're going to explain how and to do this and how to succeed and how to be brave about it and how to get into thrive in this committed relationship with one another. And Be'ezus Hashem, to convey this in a clear way with exercises, skills to actually practice. These are not shiurim just to learn. These are shiurim to actually to practice and to grow and to develop Be'ezus Hashem. Bracha